The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Tonight we're talking about the five love languages. If you were here on Sunday, you kind of got a taste of that. We'll go into it a little bit more in depth tonight. But before we do that, we want to begin with sharing some of the things that children think about love and marriage. And so a group of kiddos were asked different questions about love and marriage, and this is what they said. The first question these kiddos were asked was, how can a stranger tell if two people are married? Rick, who's eight years old, said, well, they might have to guess based on whether they are yelling at the same kids. I thought, ooh, that's a good one. Okay, the next question was, what do most people do on a date? Now, this is Leah. She's also eight years old. She said, dates are for having fun, and people should use them to get to know each other. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. Oh, she's a wise eight-year-old. And then in answer to the question, when is it okay to kiss someone? Michelle, who's age 10, said, it is never okay to kiss a boy. They always slobber all over you. How true. And to the final question, how do you make love last? Two eight-year-old boys gave some particularly valuable advice for husbands. Ben said, be a good kisser. It might make your wife forget that you never take the trash out. And then Tommy said, don't forget your wife's name. That will mess up love. Now, if you ask an adult what love is, they usually define it in terms of feelings. But we obviously believe that love is definitely more than just feelings. Love is about what we do. It involves action. Love always means making a sacrifice for the sake of another. A marriage that is full of love is one in which we are giving to each other, where we are aiming to meet our husband or wife's needs so as to make them feel loved. And whenever I read that, it reminds me of my pastor growing up, and he said repeatedly that he's never seen a marriage fail where both people tried to outserve each other. And I thought, wow, that is really powerful and so true. Love, if somebody says, I love you, uh, how do you know that they really love you unless they back that up somehow, unless they prove it, they show it? You have to demonstrate that. Love is not just a phrase or a word. It's, it's the decisions that you make that prove to me that you love me. Uh, even the Bible says, Jesus said, you know, what, what difference does it make if you love people that already love you? Love is demonstrated when you love people who don't love you. And so if you've wondered from time to time, how do I show my spouse that I love them? How do I demonstrate my love? How do I show it? Then tonight is going to give you the answer. You're going to be so thrilled. You'll never again guess how do I show love. 
How do I demonstrate love? Tonight we're going to show you. We're, this talk is based upon one of the most helpful books that we've read. And this material that we're going through with you tonight was not written by us. This was written by Alpha. And uh, we thought it was funny that they were uh, saying the exact same things that we were saying about uh, this book. It's called The Five Love Languages. It's written by Gary Chapman. I believe it was written in 92. Uh, shortly thereafter, we got a hold of it, started reading it, and it really made a big impact on our relationship, as well as many, many other couples that we've shared it with. And so tonight, we're going to share it with you a little more in depth on, on what they are. The, the basic five are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. There are slight variations of these, you know, so when you're talking about a language, these are the languages of love, there are different dialects. So, for example, when it comes to acts of service, you may think taking out the trash is your way of loving your spouse by serving them, but for them, taking out the trash means nothing, okay? It is serving, but they want to be served in a specific way. For example, it's more loving to them to have the car washed and gas put in the tank than taking out the garbage. So when it comes to the different types of or levels of or languages of love, it helps to communicate about it, talk about it, and find out because there might be some specifics involved that you're not aware of. So sort of like uh, finding the right channel on a radio station, you know, you have to kind of wiggle that dial just a little bit sometimes to get it just right. And John, something I shared on Sunday, if you were in the second service, that I encouraged you to, each of you take an index card and to write down the three or four ways that if it's acts of service, what are those three or four ways that really show um, and mean love to you? Be very specific because your spouse cannot read your mind. Yes, that is true. Most people think that when it comes to love, it should be automatic, right? That person, you've been with them long enough. They should know you by now. They should be able to read your mind. They should figure you out. So you, it spoils it all to have to explain it to them, all right? Are you such a dolt that I have to tell you word for word? And the answer is yes, I am, Okay. Um, and so we're going to just get real specific and practical tonight. So think of it like this. You're going to have a relation. You're going to have a conversation with a Hispanic person, but you don't speak Spanish. They speak Spanish. They don't speak English. All right. And now you're going to have a conversation with them. That is very difficult. You cannot just assume that if you speak louder and pronunciate closer, that they're going to understand. They don't speak English, okay? That doesn't work, all right? So that's what we're doing here is we're learning a, a new language. And for most of you, it's not going to be one that you're familiar with. It's not going to be one that you know. For us, we're lucky enough to have very similar love languages. Both of our top two are very similar, so... Um, so we do know how to speak that language, but uh, at first we had to discover that that was even what we needed to be doing for each other. So if you want to communicate effectively, then you've got to understand their 
love language and your own. And, and at some point tonight, we're going to give you a chance to take a short quiz. I'm sure you saw it on your table there to help you understand what your love language is and what your spouse's is. So it, is, it does no good for a husband to say to his wife, I kept telling you that I loved you if her love language wasn't words of affirmation. If it was quality time, then you saying you love her over and over and over is meaningless to her. It does no good if the wife is saying, but I worked so hard for him, and I did all the laundry, and I cleaned the house, and I made it all wonderful for him. But his language was physical touch. So acts of service meant nothing to him. He didn't care. He would be just as happy and content with the laundry all over the floor and the house a mess. It's no good if the husband is saying, but I bought you all of these gifts and these presents, and why aren't you responding to that kind of love? Because... Her language isn't uh, gifts, receiving of gifts. Her love language is acts of service. So she would have preferred you to mow the lawn. You got So you see, we can try to speak our partner's language, but if we don't know what their language is, then we're not going to connect with them, and the end result is they're not going to feel loved by us. All righty, we're going to start with words of affirmation. Words are very powerful, either to build someone up or to put them down. And it's interesting, it says in Proverbs that with the tongue, that the tongue can be like a fire, and it can really destroy someone. When I think about um, one of the catalysts for when I went into counseling years and years ago, it was because of the words that were spoken over me. So affirming words communicate love in a very, very powerful manner. Now, there are many different ways of using words. We can show our appreciation. We can encourage our partner. We can give compliments. Now, in a marriage, we can easily get complacent and take the things we do for one another for granted. If I know, and John says to me, the chili and cornbread was delicious when I've cooked it a thousand times, makes a huge difference to me. It shows me that he's noticed, and I feel valued, even over such a small thing. And I don't particularly enjoy cooking that much, so it's even better when it turns out. Encouraging words are also vital in a marriage. All of us have areas in our lives where we feel insecure, and we lack courage and confidence. For example, our partner may be nervous about starting a new job, We can encourage them by saying, you're really suited to this job. You're going to do great. I'll be thinking of you today. We should be our husband or wife's number one fan. It's within our power to bring out our partner's full potential through our words. And words can be just as powerful whether said or written down. Now, if words are your husband or wife's most important love language, Being affirmed like this on a regular basis will give them a sense of being loved and feeling loved. It's like a tired and thirsty traveler in the desert coming across an oasis. That's how important words can be for some people. The effect of affirming words is that they build confidence and self-esteem. And I have to mention that just the opposite is true, that when you speak words of criticism and words of 
um, death over your spouse, those are incredibly, incredibly damaging. And those are things that can stay with the person for a very long time. So it's always important that before you criticize how somebody looks, what they're doing, how they talk, um, think about the long-term range effect of that because what you speak and how you say it has a big impact on another person's life. We, uh, we, we learned something about that because you don't... Life is such that you aren't always saying something positive, Right? There are moments when you need to say, your breath stinks, right? So how do you say it? What's the best way to say negative things to your spouse? It's a plus minus plus, or as my son has come to tell us, it's a poop sandwich. <laughs> um, because you have good, good, and bad in the middle. Um, and that's a great way to say it. So you, you start with a compliment, you know, uh, I just love being with you, darling, and I love being close and talking with, the, with you. May I offer you a mint? You're so great at conversation. I, I'm enjoying this conversation. Thank you. You see, I just told her she has bad breath, but I did it in a way that's positive, right? So you package it with plus, minus, plus. Or when you're at the store... And you pick out a shirt that has lots and lots of tiny stripes. And you really like it. And I say, oh, I know you like stripes, but how about this one? Because there's only two, and they're going in that direction. Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, you can't wear that. <laughs> That'll just accentuate everything. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make the person feel good. Instead, you say, oh, look at this one. These stripes, I think, are really nice. Hence your shirt you're wearing. Thank you. You're welcome. All righty. The second way of expressing love is by giving thoughtful presents. Presents are visual symbols of love. They communicate strongly at an emotional level. If you're a natural spender, this means of expressing love will not be difficult for you. But if you're a natural saver, you're going to find this one to be a little bit more challenging. If you don't buy non-essential things for yourself you probably will not think of spending money on your husband or wife. Now, for those of you that are savers, maybe you could see it as an investment in your relationship. There are three things we want to highlight about giving gifts. First, they can be inexpensive, but still have a high value as a visual symbol of love. For example, one flower picked from the garden or your partner's favorite chocolate bar left with a note, doesn't cost much. But in emotional terms, it can mean a great deal. Secondly, don't just wait for the special occasions. It doesn't have to just be a birthday or an anniversary or Christmas. Spontaneous and unexpected presents can be fantastic and make someone feel very special and loved. For example, if our husband or wife is going through a particularly difficult, hard time, a present can communicate I'm with you in this difficulty. I understand. I care about you. Or if there's an achievement to celebrate, a present means I'm proud of you. Thirdly, actively discover what presents your partner likes to receive and keep it within your budget. Think back to things your partner has said they especially liked receiving over the years from yourself and from others. 
There is such a range of presents from tickets to a football game or a concert, something to eat or drink that they probably wouldn't buy for themselves, or something they like collecting. Some people like surprise presents. Some really do not. And for some, the way it's wrapped up is just as important as the present itself. The best present givers are those who find out what the other person likes rather than giving them what they themselves would want to receive. Does your husband or wife like very practical presents or something more decorative? We want you to take a few minutes now to tell your partner what have been the best presents you have received from them. Be specific. Explain why they were so special and meant so much to you. So turn to page 108 and follow the instructions for exercise one. It actually didn't take me very long to realize that Joy uh, does not appreciate receiving gifts and that she especially does not appreciate practical gifts. So if I am going to give her something, um, it, it, it should not be practical. Our, uh, for Christmas, um, I, we were, it was at the beginning of our relationship. So I went to Nordstrom. And I thought, well, I'm going to buy her an outfit for Christmas. So I went to the, to the sales gal, and I felt like a complete idiot and a fool. I'm going up to her. I don't know what to do. So I say to her, you know, I want to buy my wife an outfit for Christmas. Could you pick one out for me? But I never thought about who I was asking to pick out the outfit. And uh, so it turns out this gal was probably in her 60s. And at the joy at the time, joy would have been in you know early twenties. So anyway, she, she picked out an outfit, packaged it up really pretty, and so I gave it to her on Christmas morning. And and joy is you know anybody knows joy, she's so sweet and kind, and no, nobody in the whole world hates joy. Uh, I've got plenty of enemies, but she has none. And so she's always very complimentary and very kind. So she opened up the present. She looked at it, and she said, What were you thinking? <laughs> this is horrible. This is so matronly. This is so old. It was what a grandma outfit. Would wear. It was a grandma outfit. She was devastated. She it absolutely was. I just hated couldn't it. Believe it. <laughs> threw it on the floor. I couldn't believe it. It was terrible. I remember the first thing I asked you, I said, Do you have the receipt? <laughs> Thankfully, he had the receipt. So after Christmas, I went to Nordstrom's, returned it, and picked out <laughs> something that I liked. But you've never bought me clothes ever since I've then. Never since. Nope. The next Which is a good 23 thing. years, it was not clothes. Yeah, not a good thing. <laughs> the third one that we're talking about, third language of love, is physical touch. And uh, this is particularly powerful in marriage when you're communicating love with your partner, if this is their love language, then uh, physical touch is really important. There's a great quote from Gary Chapman in his book, and I want to read it to you. He said this, To touch my body is to touch me. To withdraw from my body is to distance yourself from me. So if a person's love language is physical touch, then it's very powerful for them when we touch them. When we are at the, in this case, our touching speaks much more than words. It's more powerful than words. And you'll know this about your spouse, if this is important to them, because 
when you give them physical touch and you touch them, they love it. And when you withhold it, they hate it. Great sign that that's one of their top love languages. Uh, and touching and can communicate love in a whole bunch of different ways. So we need to know there, there's a whole range of touching that involves here. It's not just one particular way in one particular time. So it could be holding hands at one point, or it could be uh, touching the arm or the back, or kissing, or uh, brushing up against your body as you pass by, uh, a back massage, even foreplay that leads up to and to making love. So both sexual and non-sexual are important and vital in this particular love language. And some of you may find it difficult to show this kind of affection and love and touching. If that's not your love language, or when you take the test, you score a zero on this for yourself, but it's high on your spouse's side, then that could be difficult. But you can figure this out. It takes a lot of communication. Communicating with each other which kind of touching you like and when, and what you don't like and when. You need to, to explain it. Um, if last week when we talked about sex, if that was a difficult conversation for you, if that was a difficult night or a challenge and it was hard getting through to that, then it's probably going to be especially difficult communicating on this particular love language because those two things do cross over. And so I just want to encourage you to keep at it. Keep working at it. And really, communication's the key. Share with each other. If this is your top love language, teach your partner how to speak your language. You show them, and then they'll pick it up. Alrighty, the fourth love language is quality time. Quality time means more than being together in the same place. It involves focusing our attention on each other. For someone for whom this is their love language, a lack of time will cause them to withdraw. We want to take a look at three aspects of friendship which all involve quality time together. First of all, talking together, sharing our thoughts and our feelings, our fears, our hopes, our disappointments with each other. We need quality time to be able to express to one another what our thoughts are, what our feelings are, whether they're positive or negative. The second way of spending quality time is through eating together. Meal times present some of the best opportunities for quality time, and we need to make use of them. And I think doing this on a Wednesday night like we have in here has been such a great example of that. Thirdly, having fun together. Friendships are built on shared experiences. Shared experiences give us a store of shared memories. We all need fresh experiences in order to breathe fresh life into our relationship. That's where having a consistent date night can help. Now, we want you to turn to page 111 and follow the instructions for exercise two, things you enjoy doing together. The fifth and the last love language is acts of service. Uh, this is my love language and uh, second on Joy's list. Um, this love language is expressing your love through work, through serving, through doing things for each other, seeking to meet their need in a practical way. Could be cleaning the house, making for them a cup of coffee, doing the finances, helping with a job application, 
making their favorite meal. It's something that when they have a lot on their plate, they're really full, life is demanding, they're stressed out, and you take something off their plate for them as a way of saying, I love you. Uh, A demanding attitude in marriage is to think that it has to be fair and that you have to do as much as I do for it to be fair in our relationship. And so sometimes we um, instinctively ask the question, why aren't you helping me? Why isn't she helping me? And it would be a much better approach to say, how can I help you? How can I serve you, as Joyce said earlier? So turn it around, change the question. It means so much more to our partner when we are willing to serve them and help them and uh, find ways of showing love towards them that have to do with little jobs and tasks that we can do. So these five ways of showing love are through words, through presence, through touching, through quality time, and through acts of service. The last exercise that we're going to do tonight is the printout that you have on your table. This is an actual printout from the Five Love Languages website. And you can follow the instructions on that quiz and um, fill those out and then exchange answers with each other to discover your love language. So go ahead. Okay, well, hopefully you had enough time for that and uh, you figured out what your spouse's love language is. And um, so I'm just kind of curious before Joy takes over. Um, is there, are there any couples here that uh, you can raise your hand and let us know uh, your love language is the same? Your top love language is the same? Two, three, four. Four, so four, almost half. Uh, that's great. All right. You're... You're, um, you got a, an advantage in that, for sure, to be able to um, know what you like. You might, need, you might have a, a slight dialect problem, so you have to figure that one out if you do. But, um, and so then I'm assuming the rest are opposites. Is that pretty much the case? And uh, so that doesn't mean you're doomed or anything at all, not even close. Uh, uh, variety is the spice of life. Alrighty, as we come to the end of the marriage course, it would be a mistake to think that we figured out our marriage and now we know everything and that is it. Some people on their wedding day say, this is the best day of my life, it can't get any better. But marriage isn't static. It's destined to be a dynamic relationship that keeps changing. And that's why we sum up the content of this course with the marriage wheel. Because a wheel is designed to turn and move forwards. Marriage is a journey. It takes us through different places, over different terrain, and through different seasons. The topics that we've covered on the marriage course are the tools we use to maintain our relationship and keep it moving forward. Tackling problems together. Telling each other when we're hurt. Saying sorry to and forgiving each other. Using each other's love languages having a date night on a regular basis, talking about our feelings and listening to each other. Other people will join us for parts of the journey. When our marriage is working well, many others will benefit from it and enjoy traveling with us. 
friends and children if we have them. And I have to say that especially probably one of the biggest benefits will be to your children because nothing births security within your kids than having their mom and dad in love with each other. Years ago, Joy and I, a couple in the church, not the church, not our church, uh, previous church, came to us and said, we're having all kinds of problems with our kids, and we really need your help to help us with our kids. Our kids are just out of control, unruly, what do we do? And so it was so urgent, we said, okay, yeah, let's meet together. And so we sat down and met with them and uh, listened to them talk. And after, just after a few minutes, we realized that their kids were fine. There was nothing wrong with the kids. It was the parents. <laughs> it was their relationship. They had such a volatile relationship, and they didn't know how to talk, and they were cutting each other down, and uh, it was so cruel and cutting and walking on eggshells that the kids were just simply responding to that relationship. And so we started to work with them, and I remember the shock on their face when we said, your kids are fine, it's not them, it's you. They were like, what? It's us? Yes, it's you. So we started working with them. They got their relationship straightened out. And you know what? Their kids turned out they totally changed too. And, and they were like, you won't believe how great our kids are now. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's how it works. For all of us, parts of the journey are going to be very challenging. Marriage is challenging at times. As much as a car wheel needs a rim, so with the marriage wheel, commitment holds it together. Expressing our commitment to each other is essential to the success of the journey. We don't need to be afraid of commitment. It is actually liberating in a relationship when we can take a long view. When we're able to plan our future together, when we understand feelings come and go, that we won't always feel infatuated. And when we believe that, if things are hard now, they don't have to stay that way. When we're both committed, there's nothing that we can't work through. In fact, every difficulty can become an opportunity for growing together because we're committed to travel this journey side by side. That will mean understanding what's important for each other and making compromises for each other's sake. Joy and I firmly believe that marriage is an adventure and that it's an adventure that gets better and better and is meant to last your entire lifetime. And so we want to congratulate you thus far on what you've achieved and hopefully the progress that you've made in your relationship. If, and if, if anything, it's just that you've learned some tools that you can sharpen and refine and continually use in your relationship over and over. If it's anything... It's simple as setting aside one night every single week for the rest of your lives to be your date night where you don't have the kids or anything else going on and spend time with each other and invest in your relationship. Just doing that one thing alone makes all the difference in the world. Building a marriage is a significant achievement in life. It takes years to do it, and when it becomes a wonderful, strong, thriving relationship... It becomes perhaps one of the most important things that you will ever do with your life. The legacy of your life is this relationship that you're building now. It's one that you will look back on and say is the greatest thing of your life. And it's one that your children will look upon 
and say is the foundation of their life, of your solid, strong, stable relationship. The example that you have been for your children and your grandchildren will make it all worthwhile. And and one more word of encouragement. For those of you who are here and you're still working things out, you still, maybe on some of the topics of different weeks, you kind of rush through it and realize that that's one you're going to have to revisit again. I want to encourage you to keep working it out. There's nothing that you can't overcome if you're both committed to finding a solution to it and working it out. And with God's help, and with the, the help of the community of believers and Christians, if, if you're part of a Christian church, will be immensely beneficial to you and to your relationship over the years. So, as we conclude tonight and to finish this course, we want to suggest that you take a few moments and ask each other, what are some ways that I can be a support to you in the future? And there is there anything particular that you're concerned about in our future as a couple. So thinking uh, a year to five years down the road, uh, thinking about your relationship, is there anything that you would like to discuss tonight between each other? So take a few minutes, share that with each other, and then pray for each other. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then be supportive as you can towards each other with... um, words of encouragement and support. So we'll give you a few minutes to share that and talk amongst yourselves, and then we'll come back for a final prayer.